3: Fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. It's Swindon Town.
0: Hello, Joe. Hello, Rich.
4: Quick, five
0: games. (laughs) I used to care about shelf life, but not now. Not anymore. Who needs a shelf life when you've got 24 hours to pack a presser in?
4: Yeah, it's all about, you know, high-octane stuff up against the wire. That's how we live these days.
0: Yep, red-hot, full-tilt, maximum pace lifestyle, indeed. Great news today from the club, today being Monday the 3rd of October, with the significant clearing of debt, some serious money there that the club can only be congratulated for. So well done, Clem Mulfoonie, Rob Angus and co. Yeah, definitely. It was great news to wake up to because I got the
4: text from Dave Rixton with the press um, presser thing this morning just saying this we're going live for this at one. I was like, oh, cool. And then having to figure out what all the numbers meant. no, So a couple of different ones trying to make sure I didn't defame anyone or something uh, all, all through the morning, which was nice. But yeah, it's, it's fantastic news. Uh, I think a lot quicker than anyone could have expected given the size of the debt. But It shows uh, we're all pushing in the right direction because not only are we clearing the debt, we might have lost at the weekend, but the football team are still doing well and it's not at the expense of that.
0: Yeah, and I guess as somebody who's followed Swindon for as long as I have and for those listening even longer, this is seriously big for the club. Well, absolutely. I can't imagine, you know, there probably aren't that many clubs in
4: the EFL, especially at our level, who you know have no debt it's just not something that really happens football is a very expensive business and you know it's it's unbelievable work to get through that i mean what nearly 3 million pounds worth of debt in one year you know it's incredible generosity in many ways from Clem Morfuni and also just great work from everyone around the club to do that as quickly as we have because it's
0: it's just not something that i think anyone else can really do yeah and all that hard work Triggers the Ed Trust to release the funds in order to purchase the the county ground. And, wow, it could be a different world for us uh, if this goes our way.
4: Yeah, it's all far too unswindon for my liking. But uh, <laughs> if this is a world we're going to live
0: in, then it's one that I'm very happy to. Indeed. OK, well, presser-wise, ahead of Newport County, we had the Dream Team.
4: Yeah, the the Dream Team, as we usually are on Mondays, as Andrew Horse's work permits him to actually do it. It's great times. Uh, Newport Mark 2, the dreaded Ben Wills as Newport, um, ahead <laughs> ahead of what is a, a big clash all of a sudden.
0: It really is. It's that word that I use and I don't like using it and everyone uses it. Narrative. It's all changed over the last few days, hasn't it? Absolutely. I think um
4: I was looking back whilst I was prepping just to see where the two teams were when we would have played them before. And obviously Swindon was straight off that Gillingham draw, which felt like very much the bottom of this season. Everything since then has been upwards. I think that was the start of Gillingham's, of uh, Newport. sorry, of Newport's poor run, which obviously ended in fairly spectacular fashion at the weekend when they became the first team to beat Lake Norrient.
0: Yeah, so we can't brag about being the only team to uh, not lose to Orient this season, which was a shame, but it was bound to happen eventually. Final words on the weekend because you quite rightly point out I felt lower after a 0-0 draw against Ginningham than I did walking out of the county ground on Saturday. And I wasn't even at Ginningham, but just the way that played out, it was just ugh. But I didn't feel that at all against or after North, Northampton Town. Well, yeah, the Northampton was a really
4: strange one because I thought Scott Lindy spoke very well after it. I think he's managed to master the Post disappointing result press conference, which maybe he's had a little bit of struggle with so far this season, where you know he found that balance where Swindon had probably had probably edged it, but it was probably a draw of a game the whole way through, frankly. But you know, Swindon not at their best, but very much toe to toe with Northampton. We were also not at their best without Sam Hoskins, but you know, a, a very a top side in this division who do certain things really well. And it was it was not like Northampton had you know, ripped Swindon apart at various moments. They were preventable things that we conceded to. So it's promising signs, even if you know, you're frustrated with the wind, and attacked and that lack of fluidity that maybe was there in previous games. But I think it's, they're very clear fixes and ways that Swindon can bounce back straight away.
0: Well, here's hoping. A couple of things from the Northampton game have direct... Uh... Well, interest in the way this presser rolled out straight in was Andrew Hawes with this one. So we had a couple of injuries after the 2-1 loss. Let's start with Tom Clayton. How's he doing?
4: Tom Clayton's doing well. It was, as you say, it was looking a bit scary after Northampton because all of a sudden there were three more players and it was looking like Swindon's uh, luck on the injury front over the past year or so had finally run out all in one go within about 20 minutes at the end of the Northampton game. But Tom Clayton, he came off in a precautionary way towards the end. His, um, I think it was his thigh that he was feeling, and it was, and it was, um, he was struggling a bit with it. But he decided to to ease himself off, and he got sub for Kieran Brennan. But he is he is fine to play tomorrow. Uh, there shouldn't be any, um, you know, flaring up of that. He he good to go.
0: There was a moment where he got done, and he did something with his. Fi or whatever at that time and he was holding on to it so good to hear uh, number two jeff caught he was taken out off and that was precautionary wasn't it
4: yeah jeff caught again i think it was it might have been his thigh actually that i'm thinking of um that was that was he was struggling with a bit scott Lindsay said you know there was basically no hesitation in taking him off because jeff Cott is is still on the road to full 100 fitness and sharpness having you know not had the ideal start to a season with Plymouth. So with Tyree Shade on the bench, he was straight on when there were issues with Luke Jeffcott. But again, he's, because of because of the preventative measures they took against
0: Northampton, he is fine now and uh, able to play should we want him to. Yeah, good. I think Clayton was holding the back of his leg. I'm not 100% sure on that. But the I guess not the big one because Jeffcott's played his part in his short spell so far, as has Tom Clayton, absolutely. But the captain... Angus Macdonald, right at the end of the game, fell very, very awkwardly. It did create one of those collective "ooh" um, when he went down, holding his well shoulder, but it's his collarbone, isn't it? But this one, this one's not good news. This is not good news. I certain
4: I didn't see him go down, but I did see him walking off at the end, clutching his shoulder with a member of Swindon staff thinking, "Oh God." especially after, as I say, the, the spate of injuries, I think you can call it at that point. that have been going on right in front of it, but McDonald's is not good news. He's dislocated his collarbone. Uh, they don't think he's going to have an operation, which is the only positive in this. But um, he's definitely out for tomorrow and they don't know the full extent of the injury yet because they just haven't had time to diagnose that. So no McDonald. Uh, he's definitely out but the other two are fine yeah
0: the 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 tone Lindsay gave on the it's not great news um said it all but he's putting his faith in the advice of the medical team who are super super hopeful that no surgery is required and that's all we can go for there was no baudry um over the weekend but it sounds like he was poorly sick yeah he was he was fine i
4: I, we did not actually one we clocked straight away in the press room i think i said probably about 10 minutes before kick-off, I think i have been looking around the players and just gone, wait a minute, Baudry isn't in the squad. And Johnny was like, wait a minute, check the list. Like, no, he's not. Um, I think none of us asked about it after the game as well because there was other stuff to be chatting about to do with it. But Bill, uh, Baudry was ill. Uh, He, you know, I think he'd been suffering a little bit later in the week, Um, which actually explains why I saw him leaving the counter ground early on Thursday before the other players had done um he was he was ill so he was removed from the squad and wasn't available for that but he has come back and he's fine and he is once again uh in for tomorrow so in many ways it's mcdonald out baudry in and you would not be surprised if that was the actual switch in the team as well
0: and there was a game early in the season because obviously angus mcdonald had started every game in the league before the newport game and he went off injured didn't he um earlier in the season when Baudry came on, and him and Clayton did very very well, yeah against Doncaster
4: Baudry's is he's very able. we saw back end of last season exactly what he can do he he's pro- in my opinion he's much better on the ball than Mcdonald, but probably not as solid of a defender, but he he's going to add that experienced head into the back line that you know Scott Lindsay wants Winder to have he talked um you know there was the question about replacing that those leadership qualities and uh, Lindsay talked about they feel that Gladwin is that leader on the pitch as well as Mcdonald, and various players lead by example in their own ways, but having that leadership at the back was something that uh, Scott Lindsay said he really wanted, so which is why obviously you 'd be very surprised if Baudry wasn 't the one to come in for Mcdonald
0: yeah, another significant talking point coming out of the Northampton game was the decision to sub Louis Reed after about an hour and that was because he was cruising for a bruising that bruising being a red card and suspension this was of course uh, discussed during the press so what was said here we all miss Louis, we all miss Harry McCurdy but Louis Reed trying to emulate him isn't the way to go
4: about for easing that pain um yeah it was <laughs> it was the sort of yeah good and bad aspects of what Louis Reed was doing because um Scotland he said obviously you, you need to not be petulant and do that sort of thing um, which as, as I say, McCurdy has had trouble with its win this season. Will doubtless have trouble with it. Herburnian as well. But um, he he also said that having watched the game back, he felt that LSE Andalo was fouled in the build-up to the second goal um, that Northampton <laughs> scored. And so, you know, watching it back, and he came in and said to the, all the players, you know, um, uh, I've seen this, I think it was a foul. Did you all think it was a foul? Yes. They said, oh, yeah, we we do. Play like it. Then they didn't. Um, they, they they didn't um, appeal. They didn't show the signs to the referee that they were like, "That's a foul." There, they got on with it. Which, in some ways, is what you're told to do, It is actually good practice a lot of the time. But I think it's just that if some of the players had been appealing and there was a, a, a looks and shouts at the referee and that thing, you get there's a more likelihood that Swindon are going to be given the free kick. Um, because they got on and they were all like, well, it's you know, it's fine. The referee in his mind thinking, well, if they didn't think it foul and I thought it was borderline, it's probably fine, so we'll play on. So it's about using that game management and being a bit smarter in the way that they deal with referees and using that to their advantage, which is some excellent level house analysis that I am very glad made its way into the press
0: conference. Absolutely. Um, you don't normally hear of the... Uh sneakier elements of game management, do you? But he was quite upfront about it, listening to the audio, where he was very much, uh, Ellis, did you think this was a foul? He said, yes, he did. Um, So he was like, so why didn't you say anything? Um, Did everyone agree with this? Yes, we did. So why didn't you say anything? And, you know, I I didn't think it was a foul at the time. Um, The more I see it, the more of a foul it becomes but I guess I need to see players going crazy on the pitch to, to, to influence my opinion, because at the time I thought nothing of it. Well, yeah, that's
4: always the thing you hear a co-commentator talk about when there's, there's a decision that doesn't go a team's way that you think is 50-50. You're like, well, the players didn't appeal for it, so they it probably isn't. So there is definitely that element where they can play a role in making that decision because the ref, you know, they, they don't see everything they don't have the perfect angle for everything. So they're, playing off of instinct a lot of the time, much like the players are going to be. And so if they can if they can um if they can make the referee believe that it is more of a foul than he may have suspected the first time of asking, then that is a good thing. And also, sorry to anyone listening to this in headphones for me yelling about play like it then. It's a quote. Yeah.
0: Tinnitus was going to come and get me at some (laughs) point, and I'm glad you forced it over the line. Uh, (laughs) Let's talk about Newport County then. James of Robbery's Ben Wills' uh, Newport County. A scruffy season so far. They lost a lot of players in the summer. Complete rebuild. Um, They've only won one less than Swindon. They've got three wins this year to Swindon's four, but they have lost Quite a few, but, as you've already mentioned, and as we already know, what they did in the weekend was very very unexpected, and also by the sounds of it, kind of lucky, it sounds like Orient did almost everything they could, but it didn't go their way, and that happens doesn't it So um, they've been relying on the goals of Bogle, which isn't a huge surprise. They are unbeaten in two in the league. they drew their previous game to Carlisle. What were the early thoughts of Newport County, and he's even acknowledging some of his uh, some of his views on the opposition, isn't he?
4: Yeah, I think everyone sort
0: of expected Newport
4: to regress a bit because they did, as you say, lose quite a lot of players, including Dom Telford and Courtney Baker Richardson, who were essentially fueling that playoff run that they eventually didn't get. So they've they've obviously stepped backwards, um, and uh, they've not they've not been great. Uh, there was a suggestion that maybe they would play a bit more football, be a bit more front foot from Andrew Hawes than Northampton were. And Lindsay was straight away, no, not really. They're pretty much going to play it long into the front men and try and get a bit of wing play going. Um, so there's Lindsay obviously giving us a bit of an insight um, into their team, which oh, we don't always get a sp- particularly specific one, which is which is nice. Um, and you know, it's it's essentially just guarding against the in- the inevitable. They're going to be really confident after the late Orient game, so you're trying to, you know, maybe dampen those spirits quite early on, and then maybe hopefully they regress to where they were um, in earlier in the season. And Scotland is always talking about his fast starts. Uh, I think we've seen it twice, but he likes them, so. Uh, uh, got to hopefully do one of
0: those. Mm. Yeah, they've had a very disjointed season in terms of squad selection, looking at their stats too. Only two players uh, are ever present starters Nick Townsend, the goalkeeper, and uh, Omar. Bogle's got six goals, a couple on 10. But after that, it's very much rotational. So I don't know if they've had injuries or they're just struggling to find their 11. It's weird, isn't it? Because before the Northampton game, you're kind of thinking, even though Northampton are doing very, very well, you're kind of like, okay, well, if we don't fear anyone, we could get a draw or win against Northampton. And then, well, we're going to beat Newport. And now suddenly there's like, okay. And Dan was saying in the last pod that he was happy that, Newport got that goal because they won't have that desperation and who knows they might even think well we've got Rochdale at home on Saturday so pick your victories but that's not really how football works is it?
4: No unfortunately not um, it's I, I think it's something they should look into where teams get to pick who they beat at the end of the season or something but um, yeah it's it's an interesting one because we said it, we're at quite a different point for where we would have been if we played the game when it wasn't originally scheduled so it's it's a weird one. Swindon are coming into a really tough period at the moment. Stevenage with the game at the weekend. They're going to be really tough. Um, um, and having played Newport. So I think having played Northampton, Newport is suddenly a huge game because having had all the positivity, if we don't win this one, it could essentially not win for three games. And then you're on a really bad run. Mm,
0: yeah, it makes football better though when there are stakes, doesn't it? It's, it's much better. What do you think? It's a bit of a hypothetical question for you. If, if Swindon didn't win tomorrow, after a couple weeks of bliss in terms of the mood in the camp, do you do you envisage, you know, that element that has been quietened recently about things to re-emerge, or do you think because of what the club are achieving off the pitch with the clearing of the de- debts and the pending purchase of the county ground and the fact that you know there are green shoots, do you think the positivity is going to remain if we don't beat Newport?
4: Um,
0: I'm pretty sure the negativity will creep in pretty quickly. It normally I guess does. it depends on the manner of the loss as well, doesn't it?
4: Yeah, I think so. But I think after Northampton, where we haven't played great, and then if you go in this home double header, all of a sudden we've had, and if they play poorly again, as you say, or even just don't get a result because people think because it's Newport, if we play it at all well, we should win. So, no, I I think generally speaking, Swindon fans like to be negative and that's fair enough, it's football. Um, So I I would be incredibly surprised if people were like, no, but we were good a few weeks ago. Um, They generally aren't. And, you know, we were doing pretty well off the pitch ahead of the time, um, you know, ahead of that three-win spell and there were positive signs, people just can't be bothered to look at them. So I, I would be pretty certain that we're going to get maybe not Lindsay out if we lose to Newport, but a lot of people are saying, oh, well, clearly Doncaster and Grimsby and you know everyone we played were just bad, and they
0: were that was why we won the games. Things happen, don't they? It's a long old season, but it's it's racing through already. It's going so quick. are already 11 games in. Yeah, it's mental. It's
4: only October, but we've, we're uh it's, it was always going to happen like this with the World Cup, I suppose, cause, because of the really early start.
0: Yeah. OK. Um, before we get to your questions, there was a, a question asked about or, about Massey, who went on loan and things didn't go to plan. What's happened here? No, this was a follow up from,
4: again, after the game, Johnny Leto was interested in, in Oscar Massey and looking at sort of how the loan players were getting on and seeing that Massey hadn't played at all whilst he was on loan at Hungerford. Um, so they were they were just wondering to see what happened. And at that point, I think Scott Lindsay said, you know, we're we're looking at that. And today he's, he's revealed that Oscar Massey has in fact come back from his loan. Um I think there is a bit of annoyance. He said there was a, a mix up in between him and Hungerford on how much he was supposed to be playing or whatever. And and they were I'm not sure why he wasn't playing. They didn't know the reason, and so they brought him back. Um, the obvious follow up to that is, will he be going straight back out? And the answer to that is no. Um, they they feel a duty of care that having had that strange experience at Hungerford, I suppose for Massey, that he'd be better suited sticking around with the squad for now. They check about his where he is level wise, and then maybe in a few weeks. Uh, they'll look for upper opportunities to get him out.
0: A remarkable
4: situation, but I look forward to seeing him at Bristol Rovers. <laughs> well, yeah, he's, um, I've, we've got a backup striker now, I suppose, for, for that game. Because, you know, we've, uh, maybe Adeloy could have made it back for then. I'm not sure, but, you
0: know, he gets get that chance, I suppose. Yeah, indeed. OK, let's listen to your audio. Let's hear him.
4: Hi, Scott. You said, Hi, I think it was ahead of Doncaster. You said you preferred not to play teams who have just lost a game because of the reaction. What is it like when you play a team who like Newport have been on a bit of a bad run, I think it was four without a win, and then got that huge result against Leighton Orient? What what do you feel about playing that
1: sort of a side? Well it is what it is. I can't change it, you know. I can't I can't change that. So we have to prepare no matter what, you know, we, we have to make sure that we get our own house in order. Um, you know, for us to be ready to play against a team who've just, you know, won in a, in a game where, you know, everybody would back that they wouldn't win. Um, fair play to them, you know, but we, we have to kind of look after our own camp a little bit and, and prepare ourselves as well as we can. Um, but that happens, that's football, isn't it? You know, that, that happens. Um, and it, would I prefer to play a team who've lost the last six or seven? Maybe, but again, that can always, you know, kick you in the teeth, can't it? You know what I mean? So, no matter which way you look at it, you've still got to play the team. Um, and You've still got to play every team in this division twice. Um, no matter what they've done previous, we've just got to get on with the game that's that's ahead of us.
4: Yeah, and then you had to leave Shade on the bench for the weekend. Um how are you finding getting the right balance in your front three? Now you have quite a few options who could
1: easily be starting based on form. Yeah, I think we've got a good balance. I think we've got a good balance, certainly with the three that started Saturday. You know, we have uh, we have obviously Jeffcott, who's, who gets in between centre-halves and finds spaces. He's all that plays good, makes good runs. You have got Wakelin, saying just does great for us, you know, off that right-hand side. You know, he'll track back, make tackles, he'll find spaces, he'll run off the shape, he'll run in behind, he'll come short, he's tidy with his passing. And, of course, Johnny Williams, again, you know, will come off the shape, find pockets. And we've also, on top of that, we've got fullbacks who like to join in. Um, Tyrese Shades, you know, again, very lively, very um, lively. Has shown real glimpses of brilliance at times, you know. Pace, power, athleticism. will come in off the shape when he plays off the left and gets shots off. Seeing him score goals off that side. So yeah, we've got we've got players who can really uh, hurt the opposition. Um, but yeah, I'm happy with the balance of what we've got. That's all from me, Scott. Thanks very much.
0: Thanks, Joe. Lovely stuff. So yeah, it it, it kind of goes back to what i was saying about the change in narrative doesn't it the first question
4: yeah it's, it's it's all about narrative football and i my main uh, pursuit of becoming a journalist was finding out where the narrative was created and then i could get the emails but uh, just finding out <laughs> from scott Lindsay is... because he'd said ahead of doncaster as i as i mentioned in the lead up to the question that he liked to play te- he didn't like to play teams that had just lost and uh, he completely went back on that and said well, obviously, I'd like it if they'd lost six in a row or something um, and and stuff like that. So I think very much a, a horses for courses approach to the next team. And just I just don't want to play them. I don't want to say anything about the next team, which, as, as I've said on multiple occasions, is pretty much what managers have to do.
0: Yeah, I'm just looking up a narrative in the thesaurus to see what else we can... Uh, Go with um, blow
4: by blow. Sure, um, it's it seems a bit more um, uh, live commentary than maybe narrative okay. characterizations of the season. <laughs> a- again, it feels a bit you know narrative is more sort of storytelling, I suppose. Okay,
0: okay, 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 okay. Narrative it is. There's nothing else we can do about that. Balance. You asked about balance. Yeah,
4: um, very important uh, for Scott Lindsay's karate dojo and also his fo- his, his football team. Um, he, I, I was just wondering because it had occurred to me during the game that obviously you're not playing a natural winger if Wakeling and Williams are playing wide and they would rather come inside to receive the ball whereas someone like Tyree Shade, um, he's happy coming out to the touchline or coming drifting inside as well. So I was just wondering about how you balance that front three because all four of the players that could consider, conceivably play in there were all playing pretty well and, you know, especially with the presumable investment in Jeff Cott, then he feels like he has to be a starter and then Wakelings, on a long-term deal, Johnny Williams has been one of our best players. It becomes hard to put shade in um, and it's just, you know, how easy is it to get the balance with the way that they're playing and get players in the spots that he wants to because I felt, with shades, it it helped open up the pitch a bit more in the
0: way that he wanted to. Mm, okay, then. Well, we're almost done, which is a lovely. Nice quick pod with the information that we know. Are you going? Are you making many changes beyond Baudry coming in for McDonalds? Um, do you see any other discussion points? Maybe I don't. I don't. I I just can't see him making many more changes unless the Monday. Sorry, the Saturday, Tuesday, Ben Gladwin thing is still uh, still going to ramble on what do you what do you envisage um i think uh, as i've said i think bourgie will come in i think there's a
4: reasonable chance that jeff cott will be on the bench just because mm-hmm. of that match sharpness thing that we've been talking about and he had that little niggle so i think maybe he comes out and just just to try and preserve him a bit he might not be able to play a full game at this short of a notice so i wouldn't be surprised if that happened i'm pretty sure ben Gladwin has played while we played on the Sutton Tuesday so I think um, you know I'm not sure if they are still engaged in the shift change work that they did before so and especially without um, Angus McDonald I think you'd be very surprised to see Gladwin drop out
0: Mm -hmm. yeah Um, so if you were to rest Jeff Cott for Tuesday night are you going Wakeling up top what are you doing? Yeah, I think Waking
4: back up the middle and then get O for Monomino, Tyree Shade uh, on the wing. Yeah, lovely. Okay, well, I'm going
0: to go for a 2-1 win, starting with a Newport goal to uh, start and everyone be a little bit... And then Swindon to, uh, to take control and win the game. That would be lovely. What are you going for? I'm going to say
4: 1-1. One, one. I think the negativity oh. creeps back in, especially after oh. today's news. It just feels like what would happen. It
0: just feels like you're trying to beat me in the score prediction as opposed to being bold, but I respect it.
4: Well, it's that and it's leaning into the narrative as well.
0: There's, there it is again. Just, It's just <laughs> what happens. So <laughs> we're playing on that. Yes, we are lovely. Okay, well, here's hoping Swindon get three points against Newport. We'll be discussing that probably on Wednesday night, and then you—it's you versus Jr on Thursday. So that's something to look forward to.
4: Yeah, it's always always
0: nice for a switch up. But you will be meth-rich. Oh, thank you very much. That's very nice. But until the next time, Joan, thank you very much. Thank you soon. <laughs> Hello, Strangers is an independent podcast and views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club. The intro music of the presser is by the amazing Drag Me Down, influenced by the great Matthew Kilford. And the podcast artwork is by Matt in Singapore. What a guy. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. Is bubble? Play like it, then!